You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Take your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15. It's a very familiar story. Very familiar passage, so we're just going to skip through some of the verses here. We're going to begin reading in verse 1, 1 Samuel 15, 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. I think it's very clear from these verses that Saul was supposed to destroy everything, utterly destroy everything. Nothing was supposed to be left. And this is what Saul does down in verse 7. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the, spe- and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. So it's clear Saul did not do what God wanted him to do. Saul disobeyed, he, he sinned. And this is the consequences for our sin in verse 23. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. When I read this story, when I think of this story, I think to myself, how, how did Saul, someone with so much potential, and the first king of Israel, be rejected as king? What, what happened? So I, I want to look at a couple things that led to Saul's disobedience. I think it can help us in uh, our lives as we strive to obey God and to fulfill his will. So let's pray, and then you can have a seat. Dear God, I'm so thankful for this day, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be back with your people. And it's always encouraging to, to be back with uh, church family, and, and this church has already become family to us. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for them. And I pray you'll be with the message tonight, God, please. Uh, Calm my nerves and help me to get across what you have spoken to me about and something that you've convicted me about. And I pray you help us to learn from this story. And I pray you'll just be with everything that goes on tonight, God. I pray you help it to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Here in our text, we have Israel's first king, King Saul. We don't know exactly when this story comes into place during Saul's reign, Uh, But we do know it's been several years since he's been uh, anointed king. But Saul, up to this point, has been a pretty good king. He's made mostly the the right choices and and followed God. And he really started out with a ton of potential, like like I already said. He's the first king of Israel. He's handpicked by God to be the first king of his people. It's a pretty big deal. It's one of the highest honors you could ever have in that day. But it didn't last too long. You see, a year or two before this story, then 
Saul started to take things into his own hands, and what we'll see that became a trend in his life. The Israelites were about to fight the Philistines, and before they could do that, then they had to, uh, they, they knew they needed to get the Lord's approval on it. And the man to do that was Samuel the prophet. Nobody else, Samuel the prophet was the one that was supposed to uh, go to the Lord and seek God's approval. But instead of waiting on Samuel, Saul decided to take it into his own hands, and he made the sacrifice, which is a big no-no. And this is the first time in Saul's life that he decided to take things into his own hands to follow his plan instead of God's. But now, fast forward a few years later, Saul gets a second chance. And here in verse 1, we see that God gives Saul a very specific command and a reason why he should obey that command. Look at it again. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. God gave Saul a command and a reason to obey it. Samuel reminded Saul here that God was the one who anointed him to be king. Saul had nothing to do with becoming king. It was all God. God had the authority to, the, the authority to issue Saul a command because God is the one who anointed Saul to be king. Saul, or God is the one who gave Saul his position because God was the one giving the command, because God was the one that anointed Saul to be king. The only option for Saul is complete obedience. That only makes sense because God is the one who gave him the authority to do this in the first place. And then God gives the command to Saul in verse 2. He says, utterly destroy all that they have. Now, this language, this means there is no room for interpretation. Saul had to destroy everything, absolutely everything. They, they, had, to, they had to destroy everything. Nothing left. They were to be annihilated. So with all this in mind, you, you would think that it'd be pretty clear to Saul. Saul should obey God because God is the one who made him king. God is the one who gave him the authority to be king. So he should obey God because God made him king. And the command is so clear. It should be pretty black and white to Saul. But we find out that's not really what it was. It wasn't very black and white to him. In verse 7, we see that Saul disobeys God's command. Well, actually, look, look down at verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Saul spared the Amalekite king Agag, whom he was supposed to kill. And then the Israelites and Saul spared the best of the Amalekites' animals, killing all the ugly, the lame, the deformed animals, all, all the ones that were bad, they destroyed that. But anything that was good, anything that they wanted, then they kept, they spared. This was obviously a complete contradiction to, to God's plan and God's uh, commandment. It was, it was sin. It's still sin. No matter if it's half obedience, no matter if it's halfway, it's still sin. Anything less than complete obedience to God's command is sin. You can't obey God halfway. You can't live for God halfway. Anything that deviates from God's plan is sin. He did not, Saul did not do what he was told. He spared some things that he thought was okay instead of destroying them. Saul disobeyed, and this is God's response to it. Look at verse 10. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me, 
and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Now, this word repenting here, this isn't what we think of as repenting. God, God doesn't repent as man does. You know, the, the, the words that were used here gives across the connotation that, that God was grieved that Saul did not follow his plan. He didn't make a wrong decision. God didn't make a wrong decision in making Saul king. Saul made the wrong decision in not obeying God. Saul was the one who turned away from God, not the other way around. We, don't, we, we can't get that confused in our minds. Samuel was distraught by the news that Saul was going to be rejected as king. And he even cried to God throughout the whole night, trying to intervene for Saul. It's a good reminder to us that not only does our sin affect us and affect God, but it also affects others around us. It affects our spiritual authorities. That's definitely something we should keep in mind before we disobey, before we sin. After praying for Saul, Samuel goes to confront him about his sin and this is what he finds Saul doing. Look, look down in verse, uh, verse number 12. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. Now, this kind of confused me when I first read it, not sure what it meant. But after doing some study, then th- th- these verses basically tell us that Saul celebrates his victory. He celebrates his sin, actually. Saul should have been pleading for mercy, as Samuel had done for him the night before, but instead, he threw himself a victory parade. He set him up a memorial for his victory. How opposite is that of how he should have responded to his sin? We'll, we'll see in a, minute, in a minute that Saul didn't have a very good grasp on, on what to do with sin and, and how to repent. Because that is the exact opposite. Look look at verse 13. Samuel comes to Saul. And Saul says, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth in this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. The rest we have utterly destroyed. You know, when Samuel comes to confront Saul about his sin, Saul almost giddily proclaims, hey, I I have obeyed. I haven't sinned. What are you talking about? It's just a complete lie. But then Samuel Samuel uses the be sure your sin will find you out trick. And the same animals that, that Saul spared and the people spared are the same animals that found his sin out. You know, and, and that's a, another reminder to us. No matter how much we try to hide our sin, no matter how much we try to deny that we've disobeyed God, our sin will always find us out. No matter how well you've hidden it, no matter how much you've forgotten, it will always rear its ugly, uh, ugly head up and come to light itself. But Saul, when he sees his sin, when he's confronted about it, he should have repented. I mean, he should have repented the first time. That's not what he does. Look at verse 15. He, he, just, he just gives... Uh, excuses for, for, what, for what he's done. Instead of repenting, he, he says the Israelites were the ones to spare the animals. And they were going to sacrifice them to God. If, if Saul was the king, he had the authority to, to tell him to do whatever, whatever he uh, desired. And so that, that's a lame excuse in the first place. But I, I'm sure that Saul thought by sacrificing to God, it, it would make his sin justifiable. You know, isn't sacrificing to God a good thing? 
Well, it is, but not when it's done with disobedience and not when it's done with sin in one's life. We'll, we'll get to this a little bit later on, but that, that's very key. In the next few verses, we see the first thing that led to Saul's disobedience. This is, this is what we want to get at right here. Go to verse 16. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go, and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Samuel reminds Saul why he should have obeyed the command from God in the first place. He reminds Saul that God anointed him to be king, and when he did it, he was a humble man. Go to 1 Samuel 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 21. This is when when Samuel has come to uh, anoint Saul to be king. And this is Saul's response to to Samuel. 1 Samuel 9, 21. And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? Saul can't even believe that Sam, like someone of Samuel's stature would, would even come and talk to him. I mean, he, he's amazed that, that Samuel would even just talk to him. When, when Samuel came to anoint Saul as king, Saul was a humble man. He realized that he was from the lowest of the tribe of Israel, and his family was the least of all the families in the tribe of Benjamin. I mean, he was the lowest of lows. He was a nobody from nowhereville. He knew that. And at this point in his life, Saul was humble. He was a humble man. And I believe that that's one of the char- characteristics that, that allowed Saul to be king. I think, I think God recognized that. Saul was used by God to serve him. He could serve God when he was humble. But now, Saul has forgotten who made him king. He's forgotten where he really came from. He's forgotten who he was and forgotten the one that, that helped him to get to where he is now. It was God. It was nothing of Saul. It was all God. God brought Saul from a reject tribe and a nobody family to be king of Israel, one of the highest honors anyone could ask for. You would think that if God had done all that for Saul, Saul would think, man, God has done so much for me. He's given so much to me. How, how could I disobey him? How could I disappoint him? All I have to do is obey him. But that's not, that's not his response. We see that he ignored God's plan. He decided to follow his own plan. He, he thought he could be king his own way. When Saul had forgotten everything that God had done for him, he took pride in himself and his ways instead of the one who had given him every single thing that he had. That's when he could no longer serve the Lord, was when he had forgotten all the things that, he, that, that God had done for him, and he began relying on himself. So the first thing that led to Saul's disobedience was forgetting all the things that God had done for him and becoming prideful. He lost sight of the reason to obey God. That was the first thing. The second thing that led to his rejection, we'll we'll find in verse 24. We'll we'll deal with the other verses when we get to it. Uh, But verse 24, go ahead and look at it. 1 Samuel 15, verse 24. And Saul said unto Samuel, 
I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Saul started listening to the wrong voices. Saul not only ignored all the things that God had done for him, but he was starting to ignore God's voice and the voice of the prophet, the one God is speaking through. You know, he decided to listen to the children of Israel instead of God. And I'm sure, I'm sure what they were saying, you know, it, I'm sure it wasn't a bunch of evil things. It could have been something like this. Look at all these animals. Look at all the food that we could have. Look at what we could sacrifice to the Lord. Look at these clothes, this jewelry. Look at all this spoil. We deserve it. Or if you spare King Agag and humiliate him, cut off his big toes, draw it out, you could, teach, you could really teach the other nations a lesson. I don't know exactly what they said, but he put more weight on the children of Israel than the one who had brought him from where he was at, the one who had given him everything. He ignored that and put more weight on the children of Israel. There was safety for Saul in just listening to what God had told him, listening to Samuel, his spiritual authority, someone who encouraged him to do what was right. But instead, he ignored that. He listened to someone else's voice. He ignored God's voice. And that also led to this disobedience, to this sin. So the two things that led to Saul's actual disobedience were forgetting that he was indebted to obey God for all the things that he had done for him. And he stopped listening to God's voice, started listening to the wrong ones. So once Saul was confronted about his sin from Samuel, the only thing for him to do would be to admit it and ask forgiveness the very first time. That's what he should have done. That's not what he did. Instead, Saul tried to cover up his disobedience with sacrifices, a, a religious ritual, instead of true repentance. Look at verse 20. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the... Oh, I'm sorry, verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. He's still denying it. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Samuel relayed to Saul that God, God did not want religious ritual or religious actions he wanted complete obedience to God's commands, to his commands. God saw past the religious ritual. He saw past the sacrifice and saw right into the heart of Saul, which was truly just turned away from him in disobedience and sin. Instead of recognizing his mistake and recognizing his sin and asking for repentance, asking for forgiveness, he just tried to cover it with a spiritual act, act like nothing had happened. Saul couldn't just go on keep Go, go on serving the Lord and doing good things until he truly repented of his sin. And, you know, we really never find out that he did repent. And this is such a sad story. Again, to see Saul, someone who had so much potential to do things for the Lord, a man handpicked by God, he decided that he would throw it all away by making some bad decisions. I think that if Saul, someone like Saul, could make those mistakes, we could probably make them as well. 
I know that none of us here are, are called to go destroy a bunch of stuff or, or take down some nation, but, but you are a Christian, and you've been called to live a Christ-like life. And I, I would believe that each one in this room that's saved, one's watching on live stream, would say, I, I want to live my life for God. I, I want to have a life and a great relationship with the Lord. I, I want to serve him in every way possible. I, I, hope, that, I hope that that's your desire. And because that, that's exactly what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're supposed to be Christ-like. I hope that's your desire. I hope that you want to honor and glorify God with your life. And that should be your desire. But like Saul, you can have all the potential and all the desire to want to do good, to want to do good things for, for God. But if you don't learn from the mistakes that Saul made here, you'll find yourself just like him, having a broken relationship with God in sin, and no longer able to serve the Lord. What can we learn from Saul? Well, first, have you forgotten all the things that the Lord has done for you? It's so easy to forget it. Because without God in our lives, we would be just like Saul. Nobody from Nowheresville. Just think, where would you be without God's free gift of salvation? Justice alone. Where would you be headed to spend the rest of eternity? to eternity. Think about where God has brought you from, where he's brought me from. God has brought us from being dirty, no good, rotten sinners. He, he's brought us from the lowest of lows. He brought us with no hope of eternity in heaven. He brought us with no hope of ever having a relationship with him from nobodies. to now we get to have a close relationship with God the Father, who created everything in this universe. We get to have the Holy Spirit inside of us, living inside of us, and God's word to guide us on a daily basis. It's incredible. We, we, don't, we don't have to spend eternity, eternity in hell. We get to spend eternity with God in a perfect place called heaven because of God's perfect gift of salvation. Man, so many times we forget about what God has done for us, and we just go living on our daily lives when God has done so much for us and so many times we, we just forget about it. We don't even recognize it in a day. That should be enough. But not only that, God has given most of his great families, pe people who love us, an amazing church and church family. I'd, I've gotten to see that this summer. I'm thankful for it. He, he, he gives us a great pastor who, who not only preaches the word and preaches what God wants him to preach, but he cares for each member and I've also gotten to see that. Living with him this summer, he loves each and every one of you. And he has a heart for you. God is so good to us. He's given us so many great things. I could go on and on all night of the things that God has given me. And the things that God has even just given Eastside Baptist Church. God is so good to us. And we need to thank him for that. For all of those things. But not just that. We also need to remember that because of all that God has done for us. Because of all the gifts that God has given us. It's only right that we serve him with our lives. Give him our lives completely. That is what we, that is what we have to do. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. With all the things that God has done for you and for me, the only thing that we should do is obey him and serve him with our lives. If Saul just remembered all that God had done for him, then he would have been okay. Now, he was reminded in verse 1 what God had done for him before he ever got the command. 
I hope that that's a reminder for you tonight. God has done so much for us, and we need to repay him with our lives, obey him, serve him, have a good relationship with him. But the next thing that we can learn from Saul is that we need to listen to the right voices. Many times for us as Christians, it can be so easy to, to block out all the, all the people that we, we know are bad. We know they're opposed to God and, and, and all the, uh, the, the liberal left, peop- uh, left people and all that. But it, it can be a lot harder not to give an ear to people on Facebook that will subtly try to cast a doubt on God's word or God's truth. What about people that try to get you to do other things instead of come to church? Giving an ear to those that may try to convince you that the dress standards and entertainment standards, standards of worship at the church, don't really mean anything. It's not a big deal. They're just small things. If you let those voices in, it will slowly drag you further and further from from God's way, from God's truth, and from God's design in your life. You may not think of this as a voice necessarily, but it's very easy to excuse your morning time of devotions and your morning time of prayer and your relationship with God every day and, and ne- neglect it for, for important things or even good things. But when you, when you decide to put work or other things before a relationship with God, before your Bible, before your prayer life, then that's ignoring a voice that, that, God, that God wants to use. And, and we need that daily direction from God, from the Holy Spirit, from God's word. We need that desperately. Maybe you've been missing church services here and there. I know with all the sickness and things, we can still watch on live stream, but many times we just take the smallest excuse to miss a service or, or we, we've been offended by what someone has said and we, and we don't think we need to be at church. But, but God has given us this church. God has given you Eastside Baptist Church. God has given you Pastor Jason Jett for a reason. He knows exactly what you need on an everyday basis, but on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, God has given you direction God is giving you spiritual food here, and if you ignore that, you're ignoring God's voice. You're starting to listen to, you, to your own voice and listen to what you want and what others would want. Now, that's what happened to Saul. He started listening to the people. He feared people more than God, and that led to his disobedience. If we don't learn these two things from Saul, then we'll be like him. We'll find ourselves in sin and disobedience. But there's one more thing that we can learn from him. We're, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We do sin. But don't think you can cover up your sin just by coming to church or tithing or giving or covering it up with doing something that looks or sounds spiritual. No, we have to repent of our sin. We ha- all we have to do as a Christian is go to the Lord, ask forgiveness, go to the Lord in prayer, confess your sin and forsake it. That's it. And God is faithful and just to forgive you. I'm not saying that if you're in sin, then you shouldn't do, you should stop going to church or you should stop giving. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's the exact opposite. Those things are commands. But it should never take the place of true repentance. It should never take the place of, of getting sin out of your life. If Saul had just listened to the reminder of what God had done for him, if he, if he had really honored what God had to say, if he listened to God's voice, he, he would have been fine. But he just ignored those things, and it led to him no longer being able to serve the Lord like he was designed to. I'm afraid we could make the same mistake. It may be tonight that, that you realize you may have been living a life like Saul. You've been taking things into your own hands, t- 
taking the things that God has given you for granted, ignoring the price that Jesus Christ paid for your life and deciding to live life your way. Maybe you've been listening to the wrong voices, caring what others think of you more than what God thinks. Now, whatever it may be, we've learned tonight that, that the kind of life that is disobedient and, and the life that leads to sin is a life that is not thankful for, for what God has given us, that ignores the price that, that Christ paid for us, listening to other voices, ignoring God. That kind of a life leads to sin and a broken relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's time for you and for, for me to remember where we would be without everything that God has given us, where we would be without Christ's gift of salvation. Maybe you just need to start listening to the right voices. Maybe you need to get back in, in your Bible. Maybe you need to get back into a, a prayer life. I know quarantine and, and COVID has, has, has ruined our, our routines and everything. We just need to get back to a place where we're seeking God, listening to God's voice, listening to his word. Maybe you have sin in your life and you're just trying to make it up to, make it up to God by coming to church or to giving. That's not, it's not how you get right with the Lord. It's by repentance. I, I don't know exactly what the Lord may be dealing with you about. I don't know exactly um, what, what needs fixed. I know God really used this in my life to help me just get back on track, to help me be more thankful for what he's done in my life. And, and I know on a daily basis, it's so, so easy to forget what God has done. It's so easy to forget the price that Jesus Christ paid for us. And it's so easy to just live listening to your own voice, listening to the voice of others. Instead, I realize I need to listen to God's voice. I don't need less of God's word. I need more of God's word. But whatever the Lord may be speaking to you about, and I, I hope that you'll get it right with him tonight and and. We, if we get these things, if we put these things into practice, then we will live lives that honor and glorify the Lord. Let's stand for invitation. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.